Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This gang. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Ran bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan. Got an all van. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power. Have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to to the latest episode of Five on the Floor Live. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Tonight's floor plan with me, we have Alex Toledo. You can follow him, Toledo, at Tropical Blanket. We have Brian Fonseca. You can follow him at Brian Fonseca NY. We have Alejandro Villegas on the ones and twos. You saw him for a moment here, but he just uh, uh, snuck out. But you're always welcome to to stay, Alejandro. Uh, The floor plan, we are going to break down the Miami Heat's victory against the Atlanta Hawks, 117-109. These are two teams very close in the standings there's a lot of teams around there pre-show brian mentioned toronto we'll maybe get into this little mix of teams there at the at the bottom um of the eastern conference playoff picture but before we do uh all of our five on the floor live post game shows are uh led by and sponsored by a aggressive insurance insurance by lynette.com a Aggressive Insurance is a broker agency that's been servicing South Florida for over 15 years. That She offers auto, homeowners, condo, life insurance, retirement programs, free notary service to all clients, representing all the leading insurance carriers in South Florida. So if you have a bad driving record, no problem. No driver is refused. Free phone quotes. Insurancebylynette.com. That's with two N's and two T's. Insurancebylynette.com. Go to her uh, she has social Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. She's usually in the comments too. Shout out to her. She's even checking us out on playback. We love the interaction with her there. Check out Lynette at a aggressive insurance, uh, 954-581-8800. So fellas, um, it wasn't the blowout that I had hoped for. I, Brian, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, should have been. I thought that this was the blowout that the team hadn't had in quite some time. And um, ultimately, it's still a good win in, in, in with regard to the fact that Bam got back on track and that they uh, withstood a run when this team, frankly, lately has looked like they're ready to check out. And that's weird when it's only early March. Uh, your initial takeaways. I was with Alex for the whole game on playback, and I encourage anyone who's listening to this show or watching live uh, to come check us out on playback. We have a fun time there, and uh, Brian's been on before as well. Um, interested. I've heard Alex's takes. Interested on your takes on tonight's game, uh, and specifically Bam Adebayo getting back on trap, back on track since he's kind of been trending the opposite direction after the All Star break so far. My favorite type of Trey Young performance. Um, where he just does this periodically, you know, um, two for 13, 0 for five. It looked worse than that. If you're watching the game, uh, he just can't figure out this heat defense when the heat defense is actually clicking. And it kind of was, and it kind of wasn't. The other funny thing about this was in the fourth quarter, one, the heat are at this point where you kind of figured that Atlanta's going to make a run. It's just inevitable. 
they're going to make some sort of fourth quarter run. It feels like that kind of season. And then they put Trey Young back on the floor, and then the Heat are able to close out the game because of that kind of night for Trey Young. Um, this is going to sound Stugatsian, but I, I look at this game from their perspective, and I'm kind of like, do it again. <laughs> they're going to have to win against this same team two nights from now. And then you also have the Cavs uh, back-to-back times at home who just blew out the Detroit Pistons, and they were able to rest their guys. I know that because I had Donovan Mitchell over Price Picks promo code 5. Uh, and he did not get the over from what I understand because uh, they blew them out very early. Nonetheless, like, you know, good response. Like, this is what you kind of need. But at the same time, like, you know, this is what you're supposed to do against an Atlanta Hawks team. And quite frankly, you probably should have beaten them worse than this. But Bam, and just to shout him out real quick, he had a great game. He finally responded. He woke up. He had a team high plus 16. It looked like it. It felt like it. He was getting to his mid-range jumper regardless of who was in front of him. He's a monster. I still think he can be one of the five, 10 best players in the league. If he really reaches his uh, no ceiling ceiling, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's just a walking mismatch for just about anybody you put in front of him. You know, Jimmy Butler, when he was engaged, I felt like he was doing a lot of things. and He was actually trying to find his teammates early. I took note of that and really trying to spread the ball around. He did finish the night with seven assists. So that kind of reflected that. So only two turnovers, but ultimately good win. But you got to do it again because you put yourself in a hole where you're looking at the play and dead in the face and you have to just win games from now on. Yeah. And to that point, like the only thing that I think would make Heat fans say, hold up. Okay. Maybe we'll, we'll tap in for, for the rest of this is if they were to win all four of these home games coming up here against Atlanta and Cleveland, Alex, I'm interested to pick your brain about a, a interesting development where Kevin love only played 18 minutes, had six points, Caleb Martin on the contrary, 29 minutes uh, and was efficient. Six of 10 Cody Zeller um, played well in limited minutes. And then Vic obviously um, got, essentially the lion's share of results. Well, I guess Max and Vic were pretty even. So this is really the conversation about Caleb and Kevin Love. Do you think that this is a precursor to a move in the starting lineup in your opinion, just based off of the fact that they found some, some success tonight, they shot well from three tonight, or am I looking into that too much? And Kevin Love is going to be starting against Atlanta on Monday. No, I do think what you're saying is something to, to monitor. It's a trend to monitor because, uh, I feel like, and you know, I don't have the game log in front of me, but I, I think he was playing around 25 minutes or so when he first got here. So for him to go down to 18, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that's pretty significant. And just the fact that Caleb, it, you know, got 11 more minutes than him, that may show you, excuse me, that may show you where Spo stands on this whole power forward situation right now, because it's like, how much are you going to put up with? If Kevin Love is not hitting the shots, and we said this on playback, everything else is just not as cool. So the outlet passing, the rebounding, all that stuff is cute when the shots are going down. Because other than that, you're doing a whole lot of work to make up for him on the defensive side of the ball. And I think, you know, at the same time, you're doing that with Tyler Hero. You're doing a whole lot of showing and recovering for both of those guys. And it seems like a lot to keep up. And as a result, you know, if it's not a specific matchup thing, I think Caleb is probably the closer. I think the the leading into the defensive identity stuff that we talk about, that's probably the case. They need to lean into lean into defense, lean into turning over the ball. Like that's just who they are at this point. You can't get away from that. And so 
Kevin Love maybe a closer on nights where he's feeling hot. Other than that, I'm not sure. Like tonight wasn't even necessarily a night where they they really won by their blueprint this season. They didn't, you know, um, steal the ball a lot and force a lot of turnovers. They turned over the ball a good amount tonight. More than Atlanta, three more. Yep. Yeah, and, and so they, you know, they didn't win the turnover battle tonight. They did win the rebounding margin, and they just got a good game from their front court and specifically their defense. You know, you got five of 27 combined shooting between Trey and DeJounte, and that's what it comes down to. Like, they have their defensive game plan uh, on those Hawks guys, and I just think they they executed it to a T, and that's just kind of where everything else comes from. The, there, there's not as much pressure on the offense when the other team just can't score. Yeah. So, like, they got some stuff from their role players, but that's – you know, that's what you're kind of expecting. It's like, yeah, let them hit a few shots. It's not going to be enough. And not only that, you hit more threes than the other team, which is very rare. The Hawks only hit nine threes, so they were doing their best impersonation of the Heat tonight. You know, the Heat shot well percentage-wise, but they just, you know, they hit 12 threes, and that's just kind of all they need to win some of these games. Like, just don't be awful. They What was it, 12 of 35 tonight? Like, don't be awful. Well put. And, and so I think, like, they have a blueprint to win, and um, it's good that they were able to kind of win in a different way tonight. You know, you got a, a great game from Bam, very good game from Cody Zeller, good game from Caleb. I think Jimmy had a, a one of his quieter games since he didn't go off scoring-wise and didn't even get to the free throw line a whole ton. Bam did, you know, Bam did that tonight. But Jimmy did enough. Like, he did what he needed to do. He did his job. And it, it's just one of those games where it makes you feel a little bit better after some of these games where you just – you know, the Heat get blo- have been getting blown out recently after a whole season's worth of close games. So for them to come out tonight uh, and in the second quarter, I think really take control there where they outscored them by a ton. And it was nice to see them do that. It was nice to see them respond and not come out again tonight looking lethargic because I honestly would not have been surprised if that was the case. So, again, I, you know, they kind of shut me up two nights in a row because on last night's playback, I was saying I wasn't sure if they were going to respond in the second half versus the Knicks after they were getting destroyed. And then, you know, tonight I, I wasn't sure how they were going to respond, and they did it both times. So that's what you can take away good from it. Nothing is fixed, but they did what they needed to do tonight. And something they also did that was an adjustment, Brian, is um, the Jimmy and Bam, the no Jimmy and Bam minutes were significantly reduced. I think we were counting them on the playback uh uh, watch party that it was like a minute 20 or something like that, that they went without the two of them. And that's essentially what they squeaked by. Um, I don't know if that changed after they got up big. So like, but essentially when it, when it counted at initially until they made the comeback, uh, it looked like they went away from that. Uh, what has been your perception of the fact that like supposed, like all the fans are screaming, no, don't go Anytime with Jimmy and Bam both not on the court, and it seems like they've had a blind spot to this where over and over they've done it, and tonight finally they reduced it. What are your thoughts on those minutes? The fact that Tyler hasn't been able to anchor those units. Um, interested your perspective now as we look at the standings in the Eastern Conference. Uh, updated Miami's in the seventh spot with Atlanta right there. So this is that, uh, you know, fine line where you got to get these victories against a team right behind you, but um. The no, no Jimmy Bam minutes. What's your thoughts on that? You know, it's really indicative of how inconsistent and honestly, mostly just ineffective their guard room has been in totality. I think that's really what it magnifies, right? Because in theory, Hero was anchoring those lineups last year. 
and won six man of the year. So all should be well. But he's been inconsistent this year. You have other guards who have been inconsistent this year. Who have non-existent really or non-existent, <laughs> who haven't taken a step forward, who refuse to take left-handed layups, Victor Oladipo. Like, you know, just <laughs> utterly refuses. You know what I mean? And when you're looking at like Gabe Vincent hasn't quite been the same this year. And, you know, Max Struess, I mean, he's he's just regressed straight up from a shooting perspective, right? And I think that's what it really highlights. And then you look at – and also, like, when you had Dwayne Dedman on the team, those minutes will kill you as well. Now Cody Zeller fills in today, and he goes on – what was it, seven unanswered points at one point? He actually made an impact and helped them get out to a nice lead in the first half. But really, their guards have to be better, and you're at the point now where it's like you have a bunch of guards who are playing inconsistent. You have one who there's some spooky stuff getting circulated now about – who's not even playing one on the team right now. We don't know if we're going to see Kyle Lowry again at this point. That's who I'm referring to. And, um, you know, if that, this is probably for an off day pod, but like, what do you do if he doesn't come back? Right. And I think right now though, with the guard room, they just have to be better as a collective and better both sides of the ball, but you're just not getting that right now. And that's why the non Jimmy and Bam minutes kill you. And you can't really for any point, or any extended period afford to have both of these guys off the floor simultaneously. That's just where you're at with this team right now. I know. And it's a, it's a harsh reality and it's, it's, I, I guess it slaps heat fans in the face because it's so counterintuitive to what we saw last year where Tyler was able to really thrive um, in moments like that. And um, it was like a perfect role for him. And it's just weird that we haven't been able to get back to that. One uh, of tie a bow on this Atlanta Hawks game. Look ahead to the next one. Um, I think that there's some also fun transaction stuff that we talked about on playback that I want to get Brian's um, opinions on. And and so we're going to go in that direction tonight uh, and spend some extra time there. Before we do, I'm shouting out another sponsor, uh, and that's ODM Performance Solutions. Uh, they can assist you helping find a job. So this is a key thing now because – um, it's it's a really competitive market. They work with notable banks, law firms, and even supermarkets nationwide. If you're in Dade, Broward, or Boca, and you're looking for one of those following positions in those industries, reach out to George or Josh at 954-434-0634, or you can email at info at odmpsi.com. Uh, again, that's like a CNI lender, CNI credit, business development officer, branch manager. Those are some of the positions in those uh you know, notable industries that you can um, find work going to ODM performance. Again, that's 954-434-0634, odmpsi.com or email at info at odmpsi.com. And the ODM performance solution of the night, uh, if I had to say one, it's obviously the fact that, um, that Caleb Martin played well in his role and they made that transition there. But Cody Zeller, the word that Brady Hawk's using in his five takeaways on five reasonsports.com, where you can read uh, uh, free sports content from Brady Hawk. Uh, he activity, Alex, the activity of Cody Zeller has been um, a breath of fresh air. Do you anticipate as they get into a play in scenario, even if they somehow sunshine pumper, here I come, um, sneak into a six seed and play a competitive Philly team 
do you see Cody Zeller as a factor? What are your initial thoughts of him tonight specifically? Uh, and just overall, where do you think uh, they can go with a player like him who's he appears to come in and have acclimated himself pretty well? Definitely has. Like, I just think he's been a really pleasant surprise. You know, of course, all of the the hype was of Kevin Love, the former All-Star, the shooter, right? They needed the shooting. And I think Zeller has come in and quietly done his job and done it at a very, very high level. And just a sense of being a back of five who comes in for between 10 and 15 minutes or so and does his job at, at a high level. Like, I, th I just think he – activity is the perfect word. And I, and I said it on playback too. I just think he's so active. Like, he does everything with force, whether you're talking about um, as a screener and roller. You know, I, I said it on last night's playback uh, versus the Knicks that, like, sometimes when you see him trap or come up to the level on, on the screen on defense, he just does it with so much, like, verve. Like, he's really enthusiastic to come out and trap you. And he's just trying his ass off. And it's really nice to see him moving the way he has, um, like, laterally. I'm not saying, you know, he's nowhere near Bam uh, on, on, you know, in that aspect. But I just think that was kind of the concern coming in. It's like, yeah, the, the, he really impressed the Heat. So that's what made me feel good about him coming in. But he was coming off a knee injury and was starting to look a little bit older last year with Portland, you know, kind of had a little bit of a down year after being kind of a solid player throughout his whole career. So just to see him come here and play this role and, and do it at a high level is nice. Like, I think it's something you don't got to worry about. Um, and it's just a big upgrade on what they had before. Right. It's not going to change your life, but it's just really it's really nice to have. Now, as far as how he uh, factors into a playoff series, that's going to be interesting to monitor. Like, I'm sure his minutes go down to, you know, from 12 to 15 to around maybe eight or so because Bam is going to play more in the playoffs, probably a lot more with the mm -hmm. way his team looks. He might be playing 42 minutes a game in the playoffs, and um, especially since they've been kind of holding him and Jimmy's uh, minutes back uh, sometimes during the regular season. But yeah, like I just think he I love the way he plays. He knows where to be on defense. He's moving very well. The screening and diving like he he, he has done everything to a T and he's getting all these free throws every game now. I don't know where that <laughs> come from, but of course you take that, you know, um, despite the weird free throw routine where he like puts his back out to the side and it's kind of like a weird slant in his body. It goes in. He gets the free throw attempt. <laughs> And it's just cool to see him and how like enthusiastic he is out there to do the dirty work and, you know, do the the least exciting job on the heat. And he looks like if Ethan Skolnick and Brady Hawk were combined per Alphonse Sidney, which I continue to bring up because I just think it's a funny reference. And when I see the picture, it just makes sense. Uh, and Bam Adebayo had a huge game tonight. I'm going to close uh, up here. Um on this Atlanta game tonight uh, that Miami did get the victory for. But again, I think we're all expecting, you know, do it again. As Brian said, um, I think earlier in the show, they got to sweep this two game set and then look ahead to Cleveland. And frankly, they got to kind of look at that as let's try to get two of them. Bam Adebayo was at 37 and a half fantasy score. Uh, Brady Hawk told you to go over. Ethan Skolnick told you to go over. Had you gone over on prize picks, that would have been a good pick because he showed up tonight and showed out. Prize picks is a uh, daily fantasy made simple. It is the platform I think that is taking over the the daily fantasy industry. Prizepicks.com. Use the code five F I V E. 
to get into the action. That'll get your initial deposit match up to $100. So don't forget to play prize picks. Use that code five. You'll get your 100% match. And we're all throwing out picks all around the network. We're retweeting those picks out to y'all. And um, some people are cleaning up nice. I know Brian's had a couple flex plays that have uh, worked out well and such. So um, definitely uh, lean into prize picks. Use the code five to get your initial deposit matched. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. So uh, if y'all got anything to say about Heat Hawks and how it relates to the next game, feel free as I pass you the ball right now. But uh, I want to ask Brian this first uh, before we kind of um, take some comments and close maybe. Brian, if I tell you that Trey Young, well, first I'm going to ask you, are you in on Trey Young as a fit with Jimmy and Bam? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Okay. So <laughs> no. that's, that's a definitive answer. Um, and so, so then I'll ask you this next, next question. If you had Trey Young, John Collins, Jimmy and Bam, is there a fifth player you could add to that? That is realistically, and it would have to be like a three and D two guard. If you're looking at that roster that could make that work. Does that player exist? Uh, can I reincarnate Bruce Bowen or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're not in, you're not into the idea of if Trey Young pops up available. And the reason why this came up in, in, on our playback broadcast is that uh, recently the Hawks ownership and, and some of the leadership there had the uh, chance to kind of dispel that Trey Young would be available. And they didn't do that. And so, like, I think it's pretty clear that he could be a player that could could poke free and be available and i'm just interested in your perspective on i i am keeping my eye on paul george because the clippers keep losing games and they go sideways and if i built in a lab the perfect wing who can play next to jimmy butler and batman bio it's probably paul george so i think he's somebody who can shake free that makes a lot more sense trey young i just i i understand how talented he is and the highlights and shit is cool but like i just don't think one, it's a fit. Two, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Three, it's going to cost a lot, and I don't know for what, like, what's the upside for doing that. I, I think uh, Paul George is someone you keep your eye on. I'm over Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard talk as much as I really, really enjoy Damian Lillard. But if they were to po- if they were to shake free, then I'm sure you know Pat Riley and the front office they're going to make their calls. But 
Paul George is the realistic one for me that I'm looking at. And there's there are going to be others. We have to like we're talking about this in March, yeah, right? You got to see what teams bleep the bed in the playoffs and then right. who ends up disgruntled uh to your point. Alex, is there any name as we just dip our toes in transaction talk and we mention um the idea of Trey Young which Brian oh, hates and I think real, it's hilarious. Quick, though, Paul George quick, is awesome. Go ahead, Brian. Real quick though, uh because you mentioned John Collins I would listen about John Collins because that's something we were talking about like before the trade deadline. Uh-huh. I, I would listen to like if it's just John Collins, sure, I'll listen to that. I, yeah. I don't know if it, it might be clunky, but I think you can kind of make it work. Well, especially if you're reshaping all the guards and you bring in different guards that can shoot and space the floor. Uh, Alex, Paul George was the guy Brian leaned into who was also – Ethan kept referencing, watch the Clippers, and if they implode, are you also on the Paul George bandwagon in terms of like the player? If we're leaning into the summer just for a minute here, so that we all can kind of feel hopeful, because uh, even this game tonight, we're all like, do it again. Uh, who do you like as that kind of linchpin player that they could go out and get uh, as we kind of um, have some fun here at the end of the show? I mean, look, there's not going to be a better name out there than Paul George if he does, uh, you know, enter the market somehow. And so that I, it's hard to disagree with what Brian's saying. Like, it's it's hard to come up with a better name for somebody that fits with Bam and Jimmy as far as like a, you know, a, a superstar, all-star level wing fit-wise. Like, he's a good off, he's a good off-ball player, good on-ball player, awesome defender, of course, you know, even if he's not. The defender, he wasn't Indiana anymore. He's still good at that. And, you know, he, he would be an amazing fit. That, that would be a huge, huge upgrade. So, of course, I'd be all into that. I don't have any expectation they're going to land anybody of that caliber this summer. But the, the chances are there. Like, even if I think it's a long shot, like we mentioned it on playback, there's middling teams. There's Chicago, Toronto, Washington. Um, now you've got this whole thing with Atlanta, which counts as another middling team. So, basically, everybody below the heat in the standings right now. Right. But but uh but you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that, that could happen, that could come up, and one of those guys becomes available. And like Brian said, the Heat are gonna make their calls. I just don't have my expectations there right now. I think <clears throat> excuse me, Trey has uh, would be an interesting one, but it just seems like not something that would end up happening because yeah, the talent is there, shooting passing, like he can help you there. It just seems like a whole lot to give up for a guy like him. Um because they would, it would have to be Tyler and a whole lot of picks involved. Like I, the Hawks would value him a lot yeah. if they were to trade him. So I, I don't think I, I don't know that the Heat would value him that much. So yeah. I think that's a weird one. I was messing around on playback saying if we're gonna do a combo of Hawks players, give me Murray and Hunter, <laughs> just go all defense. <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, I'm not expecting any sort of moves of that caliber. But you know, I could be wrong because there, there is a whole lot of teams you can look at and point to, and it's like, well. Are they going to keep everything around after the summer? And yeah, like Russell Westbrook, and I mentioned this on another uh, playback. I think, like, I I think of um, and shout out Ben Golliver from the Greatest of All Talk Pod, big fan of uh, of their show. He mentioned this whole idea of like Kyrie being a Trojan horse, uh, going to the Mavs so that another team could end up with Luca. He's just going to get Luca out of there once it doesn't ah. work. I think that that definitely works in Miami's favor, right? Not that that's going to happen anytime soon, but just like down down the line, because I don't think the Kyrie and Luca thing is going to work out in the sense of, um, you know, actual winning. Like, you know, they, they'll have a second round playoff run here and there, but 
they're not going to win a title. And I, I think that's going to be kind of the last hurrah whenever that does come down. And then the other Trojan horse now is the Russell Westbrook situation because, it, you know, like he's put up numbers there, but it's been very up and down. They're not and necessarily lost. winning a lot since. Who yeah. could have seen that coming? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually thought that was like probably the best fit for him too. <laughs> like if you just dedicate yourself to playing five out offense with Russell when, and that's the time you play him. But if, you know, they're going to close with him, if they're going to give him too much, uh, you know, too much of a role there, I think that's going to end poorly. And that could be what blows it up. And like, I know he's really good friends with, uh, uh, excuse me, with Paul George, but that, that whole Clippers thing is it's, it seems weird. Now I'm, I'm not saying I expect it to happen because Steve Ballmer is the richest guy in the league. So he, He's probably just going to keep trying to adjust it until it works. And you're not going to get two talents like that for a long time, probably, even if you are the Clippers. So I don't know. But I would – I'd be absolutely in on Paul George. Yeah. And so here's the other thing, and then we're going to take some questions. And we're going to take a few questions because we haven't sat with y'all and, and taken a few. So let, well, let's get five good questions. So start thinking about those Uh and if you're listening uh, after the fact, we're going to make sure to get you five good questions here at the end. Uh, but thank you to all of our live viewers here on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. Uh, I'm going to just close by saying this. I think that this offseason is much more about uh, a trade reminiscent of the way that they built, rebuilt around Shaquille O'Neal and Dwayne Wade in uh, 2005 and 2006, where it's basically the James Posey, Antoine Walker, Jason Williams type of trade. They don't necessarily need another superstar, and particularly one like Trey Young. And shout out to uh, the homie Rohan Nancardi uh, from Sports Illustrated, who says Trey Young is shooting 30% with 49 turnovers in his last eight games versus the Heat. So I don't know that Trey Young has the guts to um, to necessarily be that guy. Uh, so where was I going next? Um, I completely lost my train of questions? thought. Questions. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was hoping for questions. Um, Brian, have you seen any good ones? I haven't. Um, we okay, had a super we... chat earlier. If uh, oh yeah, let's get to the that. super chats. Thank we'll you. Start. We'll start there, and then I we was could. Trying to look down at the show sheet, and I had completely go, gone off the side. Okay, here, here we go. Not a question though. <laughs> Phoenix says Heat are going to surprise everyone in the playoffs. Shout out to you for that, and shout out to you for watching in the super chat. Uh, Brian, take the next one. Tony Morales says, "If we <laughs> pause the question." Uh, if we get hot, can we go deep? Is what he asks, and <laughs> I'm gonna try to be an adult. So hoping a prayer, right? That's all um, you got at this point. I, yes, I think I think if anybody in the NBA gets hot, they can go deep. And there's my playoff analysis. Next question, please, immediately, Alejandro, find a question. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that's so funny. <laughs> AFB Adriano says, would you expect Bam to give up his number for PG-13? Hell no. Stop it. Nah. Hell He's no. Old. Next question. He, he got to wear 24 again, doesn't he? That's Paul fine. Yeah. Or maybe a new number. Just right, is he going to take Danny something. Granger's number? <laughs> Do you really think Paul George is leaving California? Fairon says. You know what? Because somebody else mentioned this in the comments where they said, like, I, they don't think Paul George has the personality to uh, ask out. I don't think this is an ask out situation, Greg. You know what I mean? Agreed. And Alex, I don't they think they just trade him. 
Yeah, I think this is just like, okay, clearly the Kawhi Paul George experiment hasn't gone as well as they hoped. Uh, it's been four seasons and they have to make a decision. And that's really still Kawhi's team at the end of the day. Kawhi, I think, would be the one to pr- potentially ask out. And then, <laughs> then you have a discussion about like, if Kawhi shakes free, what do you do? And, you know, there, no. there's, there, yeah, there's I'm just. Out. There's a lot there before you even get to the injuries in terms of like his team, supposedly, whatever the case may be. But I think with Paul George, it would just kind of be like almost almost like a mutual parting of ways where it's it's like it's not you, it's me. No, it's not you, it's me. And then they part ways and then you try to get Paul George. Another super chat came in. Alex, this is all you. I mean, yeah, I think Cam Johnson would would, would fit right in. I, I think that he would love to have him if they could. Um, and I think the Nets in general and their roster is going to be really, really interesting this summer because they have a whole lot of guys who could help winning teams. So it, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see like which way they lean in because, of course, they don't really necessarily have to trade all their guys. They don't have to tank. Uh, but I, I don't think know, Cam man. Johnson will be available, frankly. I think that he'll I end think, up being a nice fit in Brooklyn. Um, I think they probably just hold on to him and Bridges. So that's Agreed. why I was making the point about the Nets guys, because like of course Bridges and Cam Johnson, you you would love either one of those, and you would try to acquire them and bring them on. But as, even besides those guys, like they have other dudes who who would help winning teams. Like whether you need um, fours or shooters, they have some of those. Like you know they have a Joe Harris, they have a Seth Curry, they have a Royce O'Neal. I mean even like Yuta Watanabe was having a really good season this year, and I'm sure like there's other guys who are oh Finney Smith of course. Yeah, he liked Dorian Finney-Smith. Like I like him a lot. I think he would he would fit really nicely. They just have a whole lot of those types of guys who would fit on winning teams. So even if you know they hold on to Bridges and Cam, which is probably likely, um, they have enough there that's interesting for the Heat to look at. Uh, there was a Yurt question that flashed yeah. that I, I think Brian should get into this one. Uh, do you think Yerda will replace Zeller? He's been playing well in Sioux Falls. I think they'll come back during this homestand. Not sure when. Um, do you, I don't think that that's going to happen as quickly as people maybe are jumping to that conclusion with his early stat line. Um, what's your thoughts on Yurt and Zeller? He had 28 and 17 in Sioux Falls today. Damn. After, and after he had a double-double yes, I was just, yesterday. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he he's back. Um it's Sioux Falls, it's G League, and he tore up the G League when he was on the Oklahoma City Blue before the Heat ended up getting him, but still uh, 28-17 in the second game back. Um, the Yurt 7 thing, honestly, I think can be an off day, like a total pot episode, right? Um, shit, I think it should be the one tomorrow, not for nothing. But with Omer, it's like, I don't think he's going to replace Zeller this season. The question for me is, I mean, are you going to even keep him long term? Because he's a free agent this year. And my line of thinking has been what they're probably going to do is because he can actually get some money from another team. I feel you like think so. I feel like not like a, not like a lo- not like a three for 30 or anything crazy like that. But I think another team can come in and try to take him because he's yeah. shown enough promise to where somebody else can give him a, a multi-year deal. Maybe a two plus one or something like that, right? Wow, um, I'm surprised that y'all think long term money would go to your yeah, just no, a I, small I, deal. Yeah, just a small like, just a small deal. I don't even know what the numbers would be, but the like point a biannual is, exception for three years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but the point is that it would be more money 
than Orlando Robinson, who like is tailor made. You're gonna get the Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent type of contract that's gonna be a two plus one, maybe on the last day of the season, maybe it's in June, July, whatever. Like it seems like Orlando Robinson. Look, if you're gonna make these consolidation trades in the summer, because I'm expecting, I'm I don't know if we're expecting like huge moves, but I'm expecting moves. And you're going to have to keep a guy like Orlando Robinson just to fill out your roster after Amen. you make set moves, right? Yep. And he's just going to be cheaper than Omer Yurtsevin. He's also younger. But it's like if you keep Yurt, you're probably going to have to pay a little bit more than Orlando Robinson because he's shown some promise. For and sure. It's like, are you going to are you going to be able to do that? It, it, it's kind of like you have to see where you're at in June, July. But in terms of this year, I wouldn't expect a ton. And then I'm not even sure you're keeping him beyond this year just because of like math and business, not because of his ability or lack thereof. I put you on the spot, Alex, right now. Zeller or your next season, who do you want? Who do I want? Yep. Yeah, we're talking about who is going to help them um, win games. It's Zeller. Now, if you're just talking about a philosophical conversation, we're like, is it, is it, you know, is it worth it to just try to have a young big develop behind Bam? That's that's fair. And again, like I just think um, Omer just hasn't had that chance yet, which is unfortunate. I brought this up on many pods this year, just that it felt like he was next in line before the season started, before he had all those setbacks. Then, you know, Deadman was that guy. Orlando came in for Deadman after he was terrible, and then they acquired two bigs. So it's just been bad yeah. timing for him. And, of course, he's had his, his injury setbacks. So it's tough because he did show some promise. And, you know, people love to cite that time when Bam was out last season, when you're yeah. putting up big numbers like that. And he got some good highlight tape out of that, too, huh? Yeah. And it's cool, man. Like, I don't want to downplay it. I just think, you know, it's kind of been overplayed by some Heat fans just because you see the I big double-double so. numbers. And it's like, yeah, that means he could do it as a starter. or I mean, not as a starter, just like as a big-time rotation player. I'm not sold on that. I don't think the Heat were sold on that. Like, even if he was in line to be the backup five, I think like that you saw them try um, in the past to see if Yurt and Bam could play together, and they immediately went away from that because of the shot not being there. Um, and I don't know, like I just think Zeller is more reliable right now, and it's it might end up with Yurt not being on the team next season because of what Brian's talking about, where it's like he may be the the guy that they let walk, especially if they're already going to re-sign Gabe and Max, because it seems like they already have now um, enough. Enough bodies in the big man room. Yeah, it's the guards that need to get switched out. And uh, I'm not even so sure they're going to resign Gabe and oh, and more Max at this point. Yeah, but, we were talking know, about mistake. that, but but they would only be able to replace them with veteran minimum players. So they'd have to weigh like, is it mm. okay exceeding the cap to pay them a little bit more than maybe you would uh, pay? You know, you'd like to pay them maybe a little bit more, but they're tradable to some degree and they're not vet minimum because your replacement player is not going to end up being potentially as good. That's the kind of the It'd be a veteran salary thing. It'd basically be a veteran. You're Look, right. Uh, season ended today. Uh, me and Gabe is a guitar. Max, I don't know, bro. Yeah. Got to see. Well, and, and the way that shooters can, can be found, I think you're right about that. And, and I think that these are all examples for everyone that we are going to have lots of, of oh, good Max. discussions for off day podcasts. It's really easy to say, let Gabe and walk Max. It's really easy to say that until you're like, okay, what do you do now? Because yeah, they were, yeah. they're not going to have cap space if you let them walk. They're, they're not going to have cap space, period. 
And so everything this summer, you know, if you're talking about a shakeup, which I think, you know, we would all like, it's going to depend on their trades, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think they're kind of stuck into paying Gabe and Max. And I I don't think, like I say stuck, and that kind of has a bad connotation. I think they've played themselves out of those big, scary contracts that Heat fans are absolutely <laughs> terrified of. Like, I think people think, oh, paying Duncan and, I mean, excuse me, paying Max and Gabe is going to be another Duncan situation where you're paying them five years, 90 mil. Like, they're not going to get that. Now, I, and I said this on playback too. Sorry for bringing it up so many times. I'm doing a hell of a job promoting it, but just <laughs> like, I think if they would have gone into free agency last summer, they probably would have gotten a bigger bat because they both yeah. were so instrumental to that Heat playoff run. Um, oh, for sure. I think it's really just gone the opposite direction this season. And I still think like those guys can do their job. And it's just been, I don't know, man. Like, I, I really don't know where to go with those guys because it's like so much of their value depends on how they're shooting. And both of their shooting has fallen off a cliff this season. And I, I don't know that that's going to be the case forever. Like, I think I have some sort of trust in both guys to come back to earth. I think this season might just be cursed. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't mind having Gabe and Max back around as rotation yeah, players. No, they just I just don't want to over-rely on them. Especially when each of their predecessors you expect to be gone this summer in Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. At the no. very least, one of them. But I would say, like... No, both of them. I'd be gone. surprised if, if, if both of them are... If either one of them is on the roster come September training camp time. I agree wholeheartedly, and um, that is a conversation for another day. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. I'm shouting out our sponsors, A Aggressive Insurance. Yeah, we're we're doing all our off-season pause right now. Yeah. I know. That's why I got to uh, – Ethan will scold me for not saving topics, but now we'll get Ethan to all these them. Ethan Skoldnick. Yeah. Um, that's funny that you just threw that out oh, there. Here's another quick one. We're, buzzer. We're, yeah. Super chat at the buzzer is getting snuck in. What do you guys think of Kyle's expiring contract and net in the trade this summer? Uh, I think it will be a useful vehicle to get a high salary player if you are willing to attach picks or players like Jovic, whoever they draft upcoming. Um, So, yes, I think that it's absolutely useful because we saw what expiring contracts did uh, in the Russell Westbrook situation. Um, He wouldn't get you anything by himself, though. That's He's not getting you nothing. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about in a bigger thing where you incentivize the team to take that that contract absolutely but uh a aggressive insurance odmpsi.com prize picks use the code five thank you for joining us and we will have you covered for the next atlanta hawks game on monday good night everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.